Hey everybody, since today we're talking about Star Wars Rogue One, my favorite Star Wars movie, I thought we'd bring in two of my good friends who are also big Star Wars fans, Kim and Aaliyah. <laughs> hey, it's Aaliyah. Hey, this is Kim. How's it going, guys? And how much do you just absolutely love a Star Wars Rogue One? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of the Star Wars. What? Um, I didn't know that's why you were bringing me on. I thought it was just... Yeah, uh, in, in the text I said Star Wars Rogue One and you wrote back, love it. Yeah, yeah, I love I, I love the idea of doing a podcast. Yeah, and this, oh. we're doing the podcast, right? No, this you guys are not on the show. You're just I just what? thought we'd uh, I just thought we'd get people psyched up in the intro for the for the movie. We drove an hour and a half to be here. I know. I'm sorry about that, but I thought I was clear in the text. I thought we'd get an hour of airtime. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be like a minute, maybe tops. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh. And today I am super excited. We have two unbelievable guests talking about a Star Wars movie called Rogue One, which made over a billion dollars. So I'm sure all of you saw it. Um, Okay, first of all, we have a mission manager at SpaceX. He is the 2013 winner of the television series Canada's Greatest Know-It-All and author of the new book Beyond the Known, A History of Exploration from the Beginning of Humanity to Our Spacefaring Future. It's Dr. Andrew Rader. Hey, welcome. Happy happy to be here. Happy to have you. (laughs) I kind of stumbled there. Normally I run a podcast, so I say welcome to the show. I mean, thank you for welcoming me. I'm happy to be here with you. Um, And I have many questions for you. But before I get to that, we have an actor improviser who played Brandon Badger Mayhew in the best show of all time, Breaking Bad, and of course, the new movie El Camino. And he has had roles in essentially all of my favorite shows, such as The Office, Reno 911, Key and Peele, and many more. So I'm delighted to have him here. It's Matt Jones. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Matt. Nice to be here. Um, and I'm I, also on a new show on CBS, Bob Hart's Abishola. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to, which everyone... Right? We all have to hawk her. Of course. Shit. Yep. No, please. Hawk the shit. Uh, which was uh, the first name for this podcast. Yeah, great. Hawk, hawk the, the shit. shit. <laughs> um, I wanted... I have I have questions for both of you that have nothing to do with Rogue One uh, because I am a little bit of a geek fan here. Great. So first of all, Faculty 4, Matt. Oh my God. Can you tell me about that? How do you know about that? How do I know about that? I was in a bad pop punk band um, in the early 2000s around the LA scene. You won't be able to find the music online because I've scrubbed it from existence. Um, but maybe because we're pals now, you'll send it to me personally. No, I, I mean, I can play if, if I'm drunk enough and you're at my house, I might play you something, but it's pretty bad. I, I You call it pop punk, but I also read there were some ska uh, there was, there was in there. Bit of ska influence, sure. Okay, yeah, just yeah. wanted to make sure. And you played <laughs> rhythm guitar and sang in this band. Yes, yes, I did. I screamed in the band. Okay, that yeah. perfectly segues me to my next question for you, which mm. is that I read that your voice you lost, or I don't, I don't know if "lost" is the right word, but like damaged doing "Boom Chicago" in Amsterdam. Yeah, and I, that ever since then it's been the way that we all recognize it now. I toured Europe for three years. I did a thousand shows in twenty countries in wow. three years, mm. and I lost my voice over and over and over again until it just stuck this way and now I never stop working so it's the best thing that's ever happened to me okay so that's your advice to people is scream a bunch in a yep. band and then do as many shows as possible yeah, until your voice like, oh it must be cigarettes it's not it's it's literally overuse wow okay yeah. um, well I, I, I love the voice I'm sure Thank you, you so get much. it all the time yeah. uh, that paid off I think 
Um, okay, so uh, uh, moving back here to to Doctor Andrew. I don't know if you prefer to be called that. I can change that up, Doctor Raider. I can just call you. Just Doc. call me Andrew, but okay, you can great. call me whatever you want. <laughs> I'll respond to anything. Doc, surely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Andrew, you you work at SpaceX, and uh, I'm not going to dig too deep on that. I know I can uh, get all of us arrested in here for doing that, but I did want to ask you just about like what's new over there, and I wanted to ask about those rockets that fly back to the platform because I really did not understand how that was happening. I watched the launch. Usually the rockets just become waste, right? The, the yep. normal uh, NASA launches. But you guys developed a system. I say you guys, I don't know if you were involved in that specifically, uh, where the rockets somehow fly back to the launch pad and can be reused. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the whole goal is to reuse rockets for the first time in history. And I think that's the key breakthrough that will open up space because it will make getting to space a lot cheaper. It's like if you took an airplane flight and all the passengers parachuted out of the airplane and then you crush the airplane into the mountains every time, you'd have to buy a new airplane every flight and it would be really expensive. So yeah. the whole goal is to make space ships reusable, thereby reducing the cost of access to space. Wow. Hmm. Awesome. Um, that's unbelievable and very cool. And then, of course, I had to ask because I could not find this show on uh, the Internet. <laughs> the greatest know-it-all uh, show. Is that like a Jeopardy style thing or there? I, I saw like pictures with like huge props. So I just wanted to, I don't know. What was that like? It was like competitive myth Mythbusters. Oh, so you build okay. things, you build a giant cannon, you shoot watermelons out of the cannon, you skydive out of planes and unscramble letters, Whoa. go scuba diving and defuse <laughs> bombs underwater. It's kind of like really active, actually running through the woods. And wow. yeah. There's, oh, there's so the name is a little deceiving. Yeah, any, there was like, very little trivia. There was a little bit. There was some Jeopardy style trivia. Actually, my my favorite one was I'm kind of a geography nerd. So cool. you had to put together a giant world map in an hour. And I did like intricate details of the Japanese islands and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I'm marrying a Canadian oh, and cool. I, yeah. I learn about a lot of um, Canadian eccentricities. And one of my new favorites is um, my fiance was telling me she has this big wooden trunk in our room and she goes, Oh yeah, it's my tickle trunk. And I was like, what yeah. is a tickle trunk? Yeah. And she goes, you know, Mr. Dress up, Mr. Dress up. And I was like, what are you talking about? So apparently there is this, like Mr. Rogers-esque guy named Mr. Dressup. Okay. And he would dress up in things mm -hmm. and like uh, have like his public access basically style show. And then the place where he got all his clothes out of was called his tickle trunk. And she showed, we watched an episode on YouTube. It's creepy as hell. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like it's it so far. <laughs> really weird, but it's so Canadian. And they have Pokeroo. Yeah. Pokeroo is, is this big, I don't know, almost like a dinosaur or something yeah. that comes only at a certain time. They're looking around for him. They're waiting for him. At, at the appointed time, Pokeroo sh shows up and just, I think he, all he says is Pokeroo, Pokeroo. And I was, what? I had these recurring nightmares about Pokeroo because I thought Pokeroo was coming to kill me. Yeah. So like he shows up at a certain time. So I kind of thought that if I didn't fall asleep by a certain time, Pokeroo would come into my bedroom and murder me. Yeah. Wow. So scary. Was yeah, this so in the Pokeroo same show? Would try, same so show, Mr. Mr. Dress up yeah. with Whoa. sick Mr. Dress up and Pokeroo next to the tickle trunk is the weirdest. Man, we are missing out in yeah, our culture. Know, we I need know. to get some more Canadian. Where in Canada are you from? Ottawa. Oh, of course. Perfect. 
Um, okay, so we're here to talk about Rogue One, of course. Um, so we were talking very briefly before we started recording, and and both of you seem to agree that this was your favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's my yeah, favorite. I think definitely. Yeah, it's it's really interesting time period, going to the crawl of the first Star Wars movie, and the characters were really great, and you know it had everything that's great about a Star Wars movie, all the cinematics and visuals, and an excellent story and new characters that we hardly knew. So yeah, it, it's great. It literally fixed a really stupid plot point in the original Star Wars. Okay. It fixed it. Which which plot point? Uh, that they could just shoot a missile into a oh, right. air vent yeah. and yeah, blow the up weakness. the entire yes. yep. Death Star. Yep. Yep. That was yep. so, so dumb. So true. And then you're like, wait, the engineer was doing it on purpose. Yeah. That's genius. Yes. Yeah, totally. uh, yeah. Great call. Very, very satisfying. Yes. Um, I watched this last night and had a great time. Love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I had a few like fun facts about the film, like weird things. So uh, the director, Gareth Edwards, said that he came up with the planet named Scarif after ordering a coffee at Starbucks and the barista misspelled his name instead of Gareth they put Scareth um, mm. and I've had friends tell wow. me <laughs> I've had friends tell me that they think people do that at Starbucks on purpose to like gain more publicity because people will mm. post pictures of their uh, names being wrong yeah. that's smart my uh, fiance is Kristen and she has a series of photos on her phone they never get it right yeah. ever Kristen Crystal wise, uh, yeah. oh Crystal oh, Christeth like the wow. most insane thing. Like, doesn't huh. that make you think like they got to be doing this on purpose? Like yeah. part of their yeah, training maybe. must tell yeah, them because why with such easy names do they you butcher friends, it? You friends with a lot of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but I like entertaining them online. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyways, I thought that was kind of funny. And then I was watching an interview with uh, Bill Nye, uh, who was at like, I guess some sort of premiere party mm. for Rogue One or I don't know, a, a screening of some sort. And he was saying that scientifically there is no force which made the audience kind of like boo and whatnot. Um, and obviously we know like there's not an actual force, but I was going to just throw that question to you guys as far as like, do you believe in God or fate or some sort of like energy that f connects everything? Uh, <laughs> me personally, no. Uh, however, yeah, in, in terms of fate, <laughs> I actually think there's a reasonable reason to believe in fate because okay. however, it's unpredictable. It's like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. You can't know it, right. but it may exist. Meaning, I kind of think there's a strong argument that the initial conditions of the universe determine everything that comes after. Yeah. So, so everything is predetermined, but it's not possible to measure it or know it in advance. Therefore, mm. we must act as if it's not. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Carlin's, uh, George Carlin's big electron in the sky. Have uh, you ever heard of this? Yes. Yes. Like there's no, there's no God, there's nothing. There's just an energy that uh, we all kind of abide by right. like a scientific rule in its own way. Uh, what he calls the big electron. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess I believe in that, but here, let me connect fate to Star Wars Rogue One and to Bill Nye. This is <laughs> this it. is how I believe in fate. I was at some weird party probably about mm, three years ago. And uh, it was one of those parties where you like, I don't know, it's an LA thing. You get to go to like this party and you're there and you're like, oh my God, there's like all these famous people here. Why am I at this party? <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, Bill Nye was there. And uh, me and my friend uh, Simon Helberg were talking and Bill Nye was right there. I was like, we got to go talk to Bill Nye. And he's like, oh no, I know him. He's like big on, been on Big Bang. Come on, let's go talk to him. We go and we're talking to him and he's really nice. He's really cool. Just kind of shooting the shit, having a drink with Bill Nye. And a... Victoria's Secret supermodel, like two of them together, walk over to Bill Nye. <laughs> and uh, 
He's the sweetest guy. And they were just, you know, very attractive. And uh, he acted like like a comedic version of an 80s nerd like could not speak like this is so so nice to me and they loved him because they loved Bill Nye right but he was like tripping over himself with how upset and like how how nerdy he was it was fantastic yeah it was like it was so great to watch wow you're like you're like you know Bill Nye but you're still a you're a dork yep you're a huge dork professional dork yeah it's really really it was really wonderful to see and then five minutes later, I cornered Mads Mil- Mickelson because uh, he was there from he's from Rogue One. Oh, oh, he's the uh, the dad who built the Death Star, I guess. Mm. Galen Urso. Yeah, Galen, Galen Urso. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I know Mads from uh, uh, I love Danish cinema and he's mm-hmm. like a really great mm-hmm. um, Danish actor. So I cornered him for a while. Um, I do that if I'm drinking and I am a fan. <laughs> I'll corner you. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. They're at the same party. Awesome. <laughs> that, that is pretty crazy. And I feel like you got the ideal Bill Nye yeah. from, uh, meeting, you know, it's not but like that's fate guys. Oh yeah. That's fate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> or coincidence. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you guys how you felt about the ending. I really loved, like, that's what stuck out to me. I remember the first time I saw the movie in theaters that it really did not feel like the traditional star Wars ending because all of our, main characters perished you know yeah, everybody was everyone died yeah I that's love great that, they yeah. Died. that was awesome uh, right great that they all died yeah because yeah, yeah. they're like oh no, great was... i don't have to see eight more of these like they all died <laughs> yeah yeah but and it rolled so well just in, into the first star wars yeah. movie or the fourth new yeah. a new hope right rolled so well into it it's great and it, it also didn't have a crawl at the beginning it's one of the only star wars movies mm-hmm. without yes a crawl. that's right so it's, it's very different are they gonna it, 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 at some point do you guys think they're gonna scrub one through three and they kind of just redo them. Oh, I don't think so. They're probably just going to move on. Uh, They're really, really bad. Yeah. I remember them being bad. And then I, I have a four year old Yeah, and he wanted to, wa- I don't know. One of them was on cable and we started watching it and it was yeah. like, this is really bad. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't hold up as much as it should. I will give you that. For like, sure. It doesn't hold up at all. It didn't hold up <laughs> when it came out. And yeah. now it's like, Oh boy. Yeah. I like, think there's a, there's a lot of people that at least I've spoken with cause we've done a couple of them on the show, maybe all of them, I'm not even sure. And they just feel like I can't get into the old star Wars anymore. Yeah. Like I've, I know it's been a huge part of cinema, but like it doesn't, doesn't maybe the pacing of it or something like that, or the effects don't mm-hmm. hold up. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Well, I don't, but I don't mean the original four, five, and six, I think hold up. Oh, you're really talking well, about, no, yeah. I'm talking oh, about, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, the yeah. original is a little boring. I'm talking about the, uh, the one, two and three, the which pod is racing and the, mm-hmm. Um, yes, the Jacob, uh, poor kid, mm-hmm. uh, Jake uh, right. Lloyd of it all. But um, and what was his name that everybody hated? Christensen. The, oh yeah, everybody hated him also. But I was talking about the like CGI comic oh, relief Jar Jar Binks. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, really gets thrown under the bus you a know, lot. That, like the the original, yeah, it's seventies, eighties. It's a bit slow, but the, it's the original. It's great. Yeah, the, I'm talking about the ones that are unwatchable. Yeah, that's like yeah, known to be the, the crap sense. era of Star Wars, right? I yeah. mean, I don't want to be offensive here, but I feel like if you're judging all the films, those get the hey, most. I would have. What, what did your son think? Because my understanding is that kids actually kind of like him. Oh, thinks it's great. Yeah. Okay. Right. So like, I think that it fills a purpose. Then, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of his favorite movies is right now Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. 
Poop <laughs> pretty cool. People, people hated that, but I kind of liked it. I well, thought it was fine. Watch it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go, how do you go from Last Crusade to that? Yeah, oh, yeah it's tough. Yeah, that was that, that a was a leap. Another rough a moment. Leap of faith. What's I, that guy's name? He has a funny video. The main guy, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, probably not his fault, but uh, but no. yeah, that was rough. To comment on what you said, though, I do feel like they're going so ham on everything Star Wars. Like yeah. they will probably remake. Yeah. Either those movies or the original ones, the old ones at some point, because why not do that? Everybody would watch it. Yeah, it's true. If there's a place to make money. Yeah, Yeah. maybe eventually. Um, I'll be in it. (laughs) Oh, there we go. So we're ready. The casting has begun. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, I will say I there was one moment in. Well, I I guess there was like a few there. The CGI uh, facial stuff they did in this movie. You know what I'm talking about with like the general and then with Princess Leia at the end. Yeah. Wanted to ask how you guys felt about that because I was a little bit bothered by it. It, it wasn't took, perfect. It, but it took me out. I, but it's I thought it was good. So I mean, bad. I thought it was better than the alternative okay. of just casting. Well, I mean, I guess I could have just cast a different actor and say live with it, right? I was That'd thinking even too. like yeah. a hologram of that person or like something where uh, we could total like CGI, yeah. it, like get away with yeah. it a little more. I just I don't know. When I saw a few like the first time it happened with the general, I was like, whoa, what the hell is yeah, going on yeah, here? Why yeah, is Alien Tarkin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. You know what's funny? You can actually hear because they use um james earl jones again right mm. as darth vader's voice you can actually hear that he's much much older mm. oh wow like I didn't you even can notice. hear he's like like you know gravelly, what I mean? more gravelly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm. like uh darth vader sounds like the 80 year old man whoa it's but still works. Yeah. But I thought those Vader scenes were so sick, by yeah. the way, to yeah. compliment the film. Yeah. How awesome was yeah. that? That was really yeah. great. Really. Besides where he does the choke joke. Yeah. That yeah. I was not a huge fan of, where he says, like, what is it? Don't choke, choke on, on your, your aspirations. aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. They love a metaphor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, and then the other moment was when uh, Bodhi, the the pilot, mm. says the name of the film. I thought oh, yeah. that was also... Rogue... Rogue... Two. <laughs> it was just like so on the nose, and they really dragged it out, oh, like yeah. like Matt just did. So yeah, I don't know. Really. That moment was like, oh man, seriously, we don't need. I don't think we See, need. But that. I think that might be the Disney of it all, where they're like, come right. on, just give me a couple lean-ins, yeah. a yeah, couple yeah. lean-ins for the know. kids. For the kids, say Rogue One. All movies peak when you're 13 years old. I think so. It's for you think you know, so? 13 year olds. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, not serious adult films, but adult films. Adult <laughs> films. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, they peak when you're. 13 as well. Yeah, interesting. I'll tell you this, as a person who has gone to Comic-Con many, many times, it's people in their 50s wow. dressed like Simpsons characters and stuff like that. Like right, they, right. It's everywhere. Yeah. There is a million adults. <laughs> okay, maybe 990,000 adults, but you know what I mean? 10,000 kids, but there is a million adults that love this stuff so so much. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's sure. an adult film. Yeah, so maybe there was a bunch of 50-year-olds in the theater cheering when he said, <laughs> uh, Rogue, mm, Rogue One. I thought it was good. It, it warmed my heart a little bit. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> so it worked. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, no one would be surprised about that. Okay, so the main threat here is this weapon that can destroy planets. Although we didn't see it destroy a planet in this film. We saw it destroy like a city. Section yes. of a planet. Yeah, yeah it's getting there, yeah. uh, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if we had something like that, what do you think 
could power it or mm. do we have anything to you that's like oh this is the most dangerous powerful weapon that we have well they're saying it's based off those crystals right so the power is not based off those crystals it's kind of like but it channels it or something like that right. it's kind of like a well, lightsaber but it's kind of like a warp drive in star trek which are powered by antimatter that's where the energy comes from right. but they somehow channel the energy from the antimatter through dilithium crystals to create a warp field, right? right. So it's kind of like just the, the channeling or the... Um, like shooting light through a prism? Yeah, exactly. Like shooting light through a prism. So right. that's the whole idea with the super laser, which, you know, so the super laser too would have to be powered by an energy source that we wouldn't understand. So they use, apparently in Star Wars, just like Star Trek uses antimatter, which does exist, mm -hmm. but currently we can't really manipulate. They use something called hypermatter, which somehow theoretically takes like black or, or dark matter or something from like another dimension. And that's how they Whoa. both travel through hyperspace, which is supposed to be another dimension. Right. In string theory, there's between 10 and... 16 or depends who you ask huh. other dimensions and so well. with hyperdrive they, they travel through <laughs> other dimensions and this somehow like draws matter from other or energy from another dimension so clearly Whoa. just completely made up but hmm. it is tied loosely to actual principles of physics and that's what supposedly powers these things both both the death star and even star destroyers and in and, and hyperdrives actually somehow pulls energy from another dimension Okay, so because I'd never heard of that. I didn't know that in Star Wars they're pulling energy from another dimension. Yeah, I was looking at Wikipedia. This is how they explain it. Oh. <laughs> because there's no like way to explain it with our current understanding of physics, huh. except to kind of loosely tie it to concepts. This is what science fiction does a lot, is we don't know how to build a Death Star. Exactly. Actually, we, we could build a Death Star except for a few things. Huh. Gravity, gravity generation. We can't generate gravity in space. It would have to be spinning or something like that. But oh, the right. shape is not really right for that. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is the power source. I mean, we could power it with like nuclear reactors. And actually, it would turn on the lights. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they couldn't go through hyperspace. See, see the main right. thing is like the Death Star is a battle station that actually goes through hyperspace. So it travels much faster than light. Right. Travels around the galaxy. They mentioned that even though we don't see it, right? Yeah. Well, we see it in A New Hope. I mean, you oh, don't oh. see, but they say prepare to hyperspace, but they also jump from like star system to star system, right? So here's a qu uh, science question. So the thing that we always hear about, like cold fusion, like they're, they're, they're so close to figuring yeah. it out. And once we figure that out, then we can power the whole planet and all of our energy concerns are solved, right? Well, this is theory. mainly fusion. Uh, cold fusion is like a separate thing that you can do at a lower temperature, but the, the real kind of eureka breakthrough would be just fusion power just in general. Power That's in energy general. positive. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we have fusion power. So are they, are we saying that like this power is maybe like once we have fusion power, then splitting it again and again and again, you know what I mean? So it would like, be like amplifying it would be thousands the of times. Fusions. So the, basically it goes like um, chemical bonds are like one amount of energy and then you go to nuclear fission is like a thousand times more powerful and then nuclear fusion is a thousand times more powerful than that and then antimatter is a thousand times more powerful than that right. and then this hypermatter is I guess like a thousand times more powerful than antimatter right. or something like that Got like, it. using dark energy so right and, and supposedly the Death Star they say like firing on one reactor or whatever so some people have actually done calculations of how much energy it would take and it's about the energy of like four suns like the, the out, energy crap. output of like four suns because to rip a planet apart is 
kind of ridiculous. And, and a laser probably wouldn't even do it because a laser would just probably put a hole right through the planet. Right. right. Okay. And I was you'd thinking get that like too. serious volcano. It would be a bad day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but 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 you wouldn't probably blow up the planet. So so you actually don't see that in this movie. You see that in a New Hope. What they do in this movie is probably realistic, which is like shooting a hole into the planet, which causes like Cause a massive a volcano or yeah. shockwave and yeah, that's a huge of wave of yeah. land. Exactly. Yeah. That's that. So that I think actually in this movie, it's portrayed much more realistically than just completely blowing up a planet. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. Okay. So first of all, the, the dimension thing blows my mind because then it opens up like, are we going to see new dimensions of the same storylines in oh, Star Wars God. stuff? Like that, that, what's the deal so, there? So, yeah. Like uh, when you say other dimensions, I wouldn't think of it like physical matter because the three dimensions that we see is like tangible reality to us. And our senses are all calibrated to work within those dimensions. We see visible light and we smell like smells, little particles of matter, and and we hear uh, sound waves, right? They're all calibrated to that. So we're, you're not going to be able to experience other dimensions in any meaningful way. Okay. That sucks. And I don't know how much you know about Star Trek, but they've already played with interdimensional travel and 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 time and like uh, like uh, different time periods and stuff. Right. Like different Kirks and different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I used to be into the Next Generation when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so I know the difference between NC seventeen oh one B and D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. B is uh, Excelsior class. Yeah, ex- yeah. Yeah. C is Ambassador class. And C got was blown up and then they came back and the, yeah there there is already time travel in the star trek universe okay so if star wars did it it would kind of be it would be okay but it would be kind of copying what see the thing i don't understand about star wars i was realizing this when i was watching this movie is like so they can fly onto a planet take off on a dime Easy. you know just all that stuff yeah but they don't have the internet like there's no yeah. like like we have yeah. to store our data yeah. in a tower yeah. and there's like uh, memory cards <laughs> oh yeah, man yeah, I couldn't card. wait to get to drive. that it's basically a hard drive yeah. I thought that yeah. was insane I thought that was so funny and it's 1980s blip dot dot computer yeah, 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 yeah. screens yes. and stuff like that it's oh. all kitschy it's nice it's, yeah. it's cool it makes a good effect but, the, but also the ships look like shit right like they yeah. look like old clunkers right? they look like <laughs> yes. they're falling apart and there's like air gaps and stuff like that it looks like you would definitely die flying on yeah. the ships <laughs> yeah it's still like a window it looks like a Winnebago in <laughs> yeah. space yeah I, I don't know who, what his name was but that like alien creature who's part of the rebels has that chair that's like just sitting in front of the window oh, yeah, by yeah, itself yeah. and it just looks so dangerous yeah, every time exactly, I see it exactly you would never Never build a bridge. Well, this is true with Star Trek as well. But it's okay. In Star Trek, they have a view screen. It's not a window. There, oh. there are no windows, and there shouldn't be any windows. Right. Yeah. Well, some people say transparent aluminum in the older version or something like that. But anyway, oh, okay. there should not be windows, and your bridge would be like right at the center of the ship. Mm-hmm. You never put like the most important part of the ship right at a little bubble right. exposed. Hey, yeah. target here, shoot here. <laughs> it seems so ridiculous. Like, what use is it? Why, why was it yeah. good or beneficial to be right out in the open, looking out at space? Yeah. I just want a good view. <laughs> <laughs> the heck am I on a spaceship? Uh, Captain, anyway. you can't see what's to the side or yeah. behind you yeah. or below you or above yeah. you. Yeah. Some suicide doors. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculous. And actually, yeah, in uh, the Last Jedi, they even like blow up the view screen and they all fly into space or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh my god, yeah. She that was yeah. that was okay. A completely another ridiculous scene. But okay. oh yeah, that was that was. She has to like fly through space and yeah, she's able and to she, like, somehow. Wakes up mm. and you're like, ah, 
Yeah. Yeah. That no was a need. bridge too far for me. Yeah. Speaking with, of the bridge. With Leia. If you acknowledge the force, I think that's possible, though. Like, you can survive right. for a few minutes in space. You and think so, so? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Huh. That's, that, that actually is. Is it? Yeah. That's wow. possible. Yeah. I, got, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with that at all. So if okay. you. Okay. If I was to step outside of a spaceship. Yeah. And. No force. No force. Nothing. Yeah. How quickly would my body freeze? Uh, it would take quite a long time for yeah. it to freeze, and it depends entirely on what where the sun is relative right. to you. So the thing about heat transfer is the air usually takes away your heat, right? So if right. you're in space, if space is a vacuum, which is an excellent insulator, right. so you actually you wouldn't lose heat that quick. You start radiating to everything, to deep space, and you start losing heat on one side. But if you're facing the sun, you start gaining heat on the other side. Right. Spaceships often overheat more than they do, more than cool down too much. Because uh. space is cold, but it, it's not the right way to think about it. Space is nothing is the right way to think about it, meaning right. there's nothing to take the heat away. An mm. absence of... An absence of anything that t- takes the heat away. Yeah. Like, so like tanning, if you just turn every now and then right I, actually that's You're called cool. a barbecue roll and so what we actually do with barbecue spaceships roll. and rockets and stuff is, yeah. is just spin them at a slow rate to keep the heating even yeah ah. huh. totally interesting but how quickly would he die i mean basically so you don't try to hold your breath you could damage your lungs but your lung it's going to suck all the air out of your lungs and it's going to start you know boiling in your blood but very <sighs> slowly it's going to just make air bubbles and stuff like that you would last a couple minutes for okay. sure. Basically, until you, you, the main thing is you're going to suffocate, right? You, right. You know, your lungs are going to evac- evacuate mm. and you're going to suffocate. So let's say Matt, uh, who I assume is going to be space traveling soon. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, is outside of the spacecraft for like just a minute yeah. or so, yeah. and then we get him back right, in. Right. What's the damage here? Assuming uh, it's not like an explosive decompression or something like that. His eardrums might burst, that kind of thing. He might get a, he'd get a bad sunburn potentially if he's in the sun. Okay. But you know, he would survive and be able to recover. Hmm. Okay. So just a uh, no brain damage. No, not unless it was long enough to deprive the brain cells of oxygen for a while. So yeah. he just has like a. A bit of a tan and uh, an ear. Uh, so I just hold my breath, run outside, grab some stuff, come back in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you could like that's Pretty actually simple. what they showed in 2001: Space Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, Odyssey, where they uh, he docked with the ship and it was decompressed, and he just went through space basically for a minute. There was yeah. also like a baby fetus in the sky. It was like oh, as yeah, big yeah. as a planet. Not saying it's totally. Re- it's pretty realistic that movie, though. But that's the alien thing. At the that's end, one yeah. of my favorite. Right, right. Um, I, I've always thought one of my favorite uh, representations of a, of like a space station is the 2001 space station, in the way that he like can walk around the edge and yeah. the rim, and there it's not really centered on any like center like gravity. You know what I'm talking about? Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. The artificial gravity by spinning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. That's the another best. thing about St- Star Wars ships. You couldn't ever walk around. I mean, they mm. must have some kind of artificial gravity generator, but Star Trek too. But like, how would that work? Eh. We don't know. Wouldn't the spaceships be covered in like solar panels of some kind? As well? Well, so the they use like panels? these hypermatter reactors. So they have these reactors that are just, you know, thousands, millions of times more powerful than any energy source we have. So they wouldn't need it. They wouldn't bother with something so primitive as a solar panel, I think. Hmm. Well, but, but the TIE fighters, they have solar panels on the wings, right? Which is yeah. like ridiculously stupid considering <laughs> they can't be powered by those. Think about how like a solar pow- panel powers your phone, recharges your phone or something. Right. Imagine right. trying to recharge a TIE fighter shooting lasers. Was it, does it just look like solar panels? 
panels or is it like on purpose? I mean, I think it's legit supposed oh. to be solar panels. That's really funny. Uh, but hmm. it's it, but it's really and also Ty means twin ion engine, which means it uses ion engines. And they mentioned twin the ion engine. Yeah, my it's son literally asked me what does Tie Fighter mean yeah. the other day. Yeah, yeah, did not know that. Twin Boom. ion engine. Twin ion, we engine. Use ion engines, but for deep space travel, they're they're completely unpowerful. It's basically like blowing on a sheet of paper. Uh. So the Tie Fighter would go extremely slowly, unless our ion engines are completely different from our ion ion engines, which they must be. Right. Twin ion engines, like yeah. made at Brookstone, because you know everything was like. That's right. <laughs> I used to work at Brookstone. I was like eighteen, and everything was like, ah, oh, it's like positive ions, just such bullshit. Yeah, right. yeah. What we were talking. No about. matter what it was, a no. watch was or like, a yeah, massage like, chair. This is an ion uh, <laughs> yeah. charged hairbrush. You're like what? That's why it's seven hundred dollars. Yeah. So it gives you static electricity, then, right? Yeah. If it has extra ions, that is adding to your yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up speaking of like primitive, uh, I guess, solar panels on Tie Fighters. This thing that we were laughing about before, which was the hard drive of data that they're grabbing yeah. there towards yeah. the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they're storing the plans for the Death Star yep. on it, which is like a bunch of blueprints, which mm-hmm. t- can't be that much data, right. right? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, so it's a gigantic station, larger than many cities. Like, I mean, it's it's like if you're storing every like su- sewer and uh, fiber optic and what every connection, everything about it, everything mm-hmm. about it, like many. Think about New York City. Probably mapped 50 out. times over. But even mapped, like a PDF with it. a million pages is yeah. only going to be a gig. That's what I was going to say. Like, it still can't be more than like a season of a show. <laughs> right, right, right. So, I mean, one thing is maybe they want it on a big enough drive so they don't lose it. Sure. Okay. Right, but this, okay. this whole issue of data storage on Scarif on a planet is weird <laughs> yep. if you think about it. However, however, the, the argument and justification of it is it's for security, right? Like the whole mm. shield thing seems to be not to protect the planet from attack, but to prevent people from illegal be, illegally beaming out information, right? Oh. They have to drop the shield to get the information yeah, out, right. right? So if you want to lock down data, getting your own planet with a shield that prevents people from beaming it out and one extremely well-defended transmitter that could send out that data yeah, kind of makes sense. So it's like a giant, right. Scarif is like a giant Google server database. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like that thing yeah. in Utah. Exactly. It's, so it's not completely ridiculous. Now, once you beam out that data, it's out in the open and it seems like a huge security breach. Right. <laughs> You're just beaming yeah. it across space. Yeah. So you could just set up a rebel ship in between the data transmission spot and just like peek in on the data, like listen, listen in on what data is coming out of Scarif, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So it's not fully well thought out. You'd want to like transport it in a vault on a Star Destroyer or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm. But but actually having physical data is not ridiculous. The other thing is um, like there's this constant contest with data rates versus uh, storage of how fast, how much data can you get from San Francisco to New York City in a day? Oh, I watched that movie. Did you see that movie that they just did? No. Um, oh, God. It was with uh, Alexander Skarsgård and uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesse uh, Eisenberg. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it's about, it was this indie movie about them building this fiber optic line between DC and New York to see who can get uh, data there the fastest mm, cool. because that's for uh, the stock market. And that, yeah, and, yeah. and whoever it's can micro get trades. The, yeah, 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 whoever can Split get seconds. it the fastest, like has a literal billion dollar fiber optic line. Whoa, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Um, I had no it, idea about that before that. And it's almost equal. Like, so if you loaded a bunch of memory cards on an airplane and flew it over from San Francisco to New York, or just tried to transfer it across fiber optic cables across the United States, it's almost equal because the speed at which we get better transmitting data always like matches in parallel with marches in parallel with the 
our rate of being able to store more data. Okay. So imagine just loading up an airplane with memory cards versus just transmitting on our best networks. Right. And it's about equal. So physical right. memory is not necessarily slower or more backwards than... Okay. Yeah. I just loved the size of this thing that they yeah, were carrying, know, right? which just looks like, so yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for security purposes, you'd want something big, right? It's like the key sure. that the, the gas station gives you to the, for the restroom. People <laughs> 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 sure, don't walk off with it. Sure, In sure. fact, it should be giant. It should be a giant, right. like, yeah, that's box, true. like a car size yeah. thing. So people aren't walking off with it. I was, I was curious if you knew, like piggybacking off this whole thing, like how much storage now, because, you know, speaking of us being like in bands we mm -hmm. used to I mean, I'm mm. sure you did the same like put stuff onto uh, a CD and yeah. you know that's how like everybody was giving each other yeah. stuff I made you a mix you know it's like yeah. my favorite 14 songs whatever and it was like the coolest thing and then mp3s it's like yeah. oh it's a way smaller file we can fit 10,000 on the phone you know and so and hard drives is the same, right? Now we have these terabyte hard drives, yep. which was something that if you told me 10 years ago, I'd be like, you sound like a crazy person. Totally. So is there, uh, yeah, just like, what is the latest? Do you know? Do you know, Matt? Like how small can we, because I've seen these tiny, tiny USB drives that mm. fit uh, I think, 500 I think it's, gigs or whatever. Data storage is not even a, what it's about yep, anymore. It's, not, it's, yeah. it's about like, it's about streaming, like literally everything, streaming all information. So all storage is all uh, stuff is stored in certain locations and we just have access to stream. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like we, we still have these huge uh, data it. centers, right? Like there is still a, a priority right. to having these hard, uh, uh, you know, yeah, it's so storage. cheap to make new memory that we don't delete old things. It's more expensive to go back and delete things. The, the amount of computer power it takes to delete things is, mm -hmm. is, uh, it would be worse than just building new memory to store wow. new things. But you remember the matrix, uh, when he wakes up and it's just like oceans of like, like, uh, like, uh, of almost looks like computer, um, towers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the first matrix? They're uh, just the all second. people, right? Yeah. They're, the second. Yeah. But like there's, there's people, but then yeah. they go past these, like, I think it's the second like one. Like data farms. Yeah, yeah. Data farms. Oh yes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what the world is going to be yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that's like, what I'm we have inquiring right? about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. We have like, yeah, these huge centers that that's what they're for, right? It's yeah. just like huge, I don't know, warehouses where yeah. just, we store totally. everything. We store every Amazon purchase and every thing that you click, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that's really scary. Um, so <laughs> you have that at uh, SpaceX? You have humongous uh, factories? Of uh, they're definitely have data servers, like a normal company, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, so, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding around. Um, okay, I was going to ask about these kyber crystals. We kind of touched on it as far as like fueling lightsabers sure. and fueling. Uh, yeah. the, I mean, but I think that's completely made up. Okay. I mean, it's, it's like dilithium. It's just something you have that explains why something works. But yeah, so the whole thing about, okay, lightsaber which work off kyber crystals yes. also the super laser of the death star that works off kyber right crystals. do they call it a super laser by the way um is that i don't know if they ever use Cannon? the term in any it is called that oh, okay. in like hmm. wikipedia or whatever and definitely some of the books maybe i've read a bunch of the star wars yeah. books but yeah but there I were vague descriptions ever... throughout the movie of them saying like it's a super powerful weapon that can destroy planets right right but, but i guess the things, death star and in particular like force fields mm-hmm None of these would work off pure energy or the way they're stated, but oh. they're all kind of maybe like plasma or something. They would have okay. to be some kind of matter, right? Yeah. When plasma is like the fourth state of matter, it's just like deionized. So it's all kind of the electrons are all shared between all the, it's like a gas where the electrons are all shared in a kind of a cloud, high energy cloud. Mm -hmm. That's the only way anything like this would really work. Like a lightsaber couldn't just be light. Right. Right. And I was reading also that the issue with the lightsaber is that how do we stop 
the laser because like well, yeah, we have super exactly okay. yeah yeah so exactly. tell me about that because well, that was I, like well that's what has to be plasma contained so it's not a laser mm. right because you're right a laser is a beam even, even the blasters aren't lasers they're just bolts of energy of some sort of plasma or something like that maybe even like a super hot projectile that carries with it a lot of energy such that it glows it just looks like yeah. a laser because it can't be a laser it's, and people are still fine by the way when they get hit with these blasters yeah <laughs> get hit with a blaster well, in the shoulder they're like too right like, yeah, like yeah. it seems like less effective <laughs> some than, people like die, and some people like ah, damn. Stormtrooper armor is is not effective. No, protecting them. Really, the thing is, it it never is though. It's the same thing with military helmets. The reason why soldiers wear helmets, it doesn't stop bullets. Yeah, it's mainly to give them more confidence. A and B to protect them from debris and stuff like that. So like in Endor, whatever, it would actually protect them from. uh, Ewok weapons. Oh, right? yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Somehow sticks, they get smoked rocks. by... Yeah, sticks, rocks, right. and falling debris and stuff yeah. like blast, like explosive oh, man. Uh, shrapnel and stuff like that. I mean, we but, should probably look into like bulletproof helmets at this point, no? I mean, that seems useful to your head. Actually, I mean, they have Kevlar, but yeah. that more, they've stopped trying to deflect and more trying to absorb. Okay. Uh, as far as uh, military-style helmets, like it's not, you know what I mean? It's not going to go ding off of it, but it's more going to try to slow it down right and, and absorb it more and because Whoa. uh so many uh things are what is it called um when the shrapnel. rounds yes have yeah. like shrapnel style rounds whoa yeah it's uh terrifying okay. don't you ever like wear wear a helmet when you're biking and then yeah. you're like oh, i'm invincible i find it like so much more dangerous <laughs> to wear a bike helmet because then you think you can take all these risks and stuff yeah. and go crazy that's so funny so you are taking a bold no helmet stance to uh for kids on bikes <laughs> no i don't know but <laughs> no that's no. probably wrong but that's how i feel when, when i wear a helmet or something i feel like i'm invincible and i can take more risks but gotcha, i don't gotcha. know if that's universal and it's probably it probably doesn't work because head injuries are pretty bad yeah um we're we're good we're getting low on time, but I have so much more to ask about. I wanted to bring up the fact that robots are like working on their own in a lot of these mm. scenes in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And so how do you feel about that? Like these robots that are just, I don't want to say taking our jobs because mm. that feels very political, but you know, uh, doing, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, doing, uh, Art. Well, at what point do they become sentient beings? This is something in Star Trek as well with like data and he's judged to be, um, artificial life form basically mm-hmm. like the the robot in rogue one is clearly sentient yeah, yeah. they're all so, sentient so it's yeah yeah that, right, is, the, that is the right. thing that that ties every star wars movie together is every one of them has a special sentient robot like right. in that well, one, they all have r2d2 and c3po what i think they i think every single one has r2d2 yes, and c3po also the one uh the new um uh han solo yes has that one that has like political aspirations right you know what i mean yeah uh, uh lando calrissian has the the one that's oh, yeah, like the lady yeah, yeah, yeah. that the lady he loves robot, yeah. but also like is real into women's rights and robots rights and mm-hmm. stuff you're like that's yeah. Very sentient. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. sentient. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the, I don't remember his name, Kay something or other in this movie. Yeah. In this oh, movie. yeah. Great. Remember, it's Alan Tudyk. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. funny. From Firefly. It's, it's so great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Because it, it kind of started that way. I think within the first like few minutes, you saw like robots working on ships mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, obviously it seems... Uh, efficient, but where's uh, where's all these uh, engineer guys? Right, you know. Um, but there's no internet to connect all of them together, so there's not going to be an uprising. <laughs> Maybe it's like Battlestar Galactica, where they got rid of really advanced computer technology because they didn't want it to take over. That's, oh, mm, that's a smarter idea. Than, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if we could do that. Yeah, because I hate, think about how sentient the 
not even internet, the galactic internet of Star Wars would be and yeah. what a threat oh, it would pose to people. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And how annoying it would be if everybody's tweeting all the time yeah. and like posting <laughs> would, on Instagram. It would turn yeah. into something like the Borg. With like 400 billion planets, yeah. yeah. That sounds really super annoying um, and exactly where we're headed very strangely. Um, okay, holograms. Uh, you've messed with holograms? You ever made a hologram, used a hologram? Nope. Okay, very cool. They seem, they seem <laughs> so unnecessary. In the star, in the movie, you know, in general. Oh, like <laughs> just what? What? Why is that different than just watching a video? Uh, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I never understood. I think that I think similarly to like VR. There's, I mean, I I don't know a ton about this, but I will say that I've done now some VR that it's like totally mind blowing, super cool. But the VR that I did like five years ago was like whatever. Why are we doing this? Yeah. So I kind of feel like with holograms, the stuff that I've seen now is like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I get it. It's like kind of a niche thing, maybe. But in 10, 15 years I would hope that it's the next level of movies or yeah. the, I don't know entertainment like holograms like his hologram uh, Jenna Urso's hologram is way less impressive than just video chat <laughs> right yeah <laughs> the, uh, you're right they're all blue and I was also thinking about faking them because we can already you know deep fake people yeah. on the internet yeah. so it's like and it seems like a common thing in these Star Wars movies like the most valuable yeah, message yeah. is this hologram yeah. Yeah. like how easy yeah. is that to fake you probably yeah. fake that so yeah. easy that blue screen yeah. or whatever that's not so hard yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's if you guys have seen like if that's a concern to you guys no. moving forward, <laughs> seeing your friends not actually being them. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's terrifying. You see that Joe Rogan clip where they yep. like they change his face mm. and they take pieces of things he said and make him say insane shit. Oh, wow, wow. And yeah. it's it's really hard to tell that yeah. that's not him. Yeah. yeah, the amount that they can do with that now. And then uh, the uh, Darth Vader, it seemed like, was being kept in this, like, goo. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm talking about? He's in the to tank. Right. Okay, what? So it's kind of nutrients <laughs> or something. It's the same thing that Luke Skywalker was in on Hoth at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. That tank. Um, it's like some kind of algae or something. They explain mm -hmm. it. It's like aloe vera, basically. Imagine oh. being immersed in a tank of aloe vera. Yeah, have you ever had like a mineral bath? Come to, ever come to a spa? Not really. Yeah, it's similar. <laughs> okay. I got to go to more spa, more goo spas. Um, just because, uh, yeah, I thought like... If this is the answer here, that we can just go into these tanks and heal ourselves, we should probably experiment more with these. I've never really seen, yeah, also, like in hospitals, it, shouldn't it have fixed his face? Yeah, what's no, up with his so face? No, so I don't think it really fixes, it definitely doesn't fix scars. I don't think it really does very much. It's like a 10% difference or something. It's like nice uh, and soothing, like aloe vera. Does that really, right. does it right. take away burns? No, it just kind of like Oh, so it is like stuff. a spa thing. Yeah, yeah spa I think treatment. so, yeah. It's like a dark side spa treatment. <laughs> spa treatment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should open up our own like Airbnb experience. Yeah, back to tank, yeah. Yeah, will make you feel evil yeah <laughs> powerful and evil um okay so uh yeah we end with some plugs obviously your book people can order the book yep. or go buy the book at a bookstore i would assume yeah, yeah bookstores online beyond, beyond the, the known. known yep at, on my website stuff like that and you yep. have a podcast as well i have a podcast spellbound i spellbound. believe yep great uh anywhere people should find you online yeah just my website andrewrader.com andrewrader.com and Sir Matt. Uh, CBS Monday nights at 8.30. Uh, Bob Hart's Abishola. I've got some movies coming out soon. Uh, what's the one? Uh, Turkey Bowl. <laughs> Turkey Bowl. Turkey Bowl. It's a football movie. Going to come out around Thanksgiving. Okay. And uh, yeah, more stuff. I don't know. Uh, maybe something with this guy here. Okay. And then... Uh, we're going to be in the next Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be in the next Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, that's it. I don't know. Matt Jones is dead. That's my handle. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were making some weird premonition. No, uh, I mean, <laughs> did you die in Breaking Bad? I can't remember. I did not. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, 
as, as hard you, as I you, tried. You got a, you stayed on the drugs for a long time or something. You got when it yeah, was like, I'm yeah. always on drugs okay, in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. 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 And in real life for research. Yeah. For research. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> um, well, seriously, thank you guys both so much for coming. I had a great time and uh, I'll see you next time when we do the, uh, the ones that you hate. Which one was it? The pod racing? Uh, oh, Phantom what? Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. And the executive Padawan Deucer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. Or feel free to send us an email, badscience at seeker.com. That's badscience at seeker.com. Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.